Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. I feel like you should really appreciate your come up. It's the most romantic part of your career. When you get past all the bullshit, then you're like, really, this was great. And it did happen for a reason, and the universe did make it go this way. A lot of the relationships that we put ourselves through are very temporary. People come in your life for a reason. Those reasons are the stories that you tell to other people. I think it's such a beautiful time right now where people are really being encouraged to celebrate their culture and celebrate their differences and celebrate things that we've maybe been made to feel ashamed of. Yo, what's up? What's up? It's Sean Leon. Hi, it's Myrna. What's up, guys? This is Khalid. Hey, what's up? It's Ali. You're listening to The Come Up Show. Get inspired. Hey, welcome to The Come Up Show podcast. It's your boy, Chetto. I'm the host and founder of The Come Up Show. I hope everybody had an amazing summer. Uh, we're going to keep it going uh, on the schedule for the first Wednesday of every month until, you know, we'll work on some things. We'll let you know when we're ready to be back every week. Uh, this episode is another panel episode. We're going to keep these series going. Uh, the last episode I believe I shared was from uh, the Northern Power Summit. That was last year's from 2018. And the 2019 edition of Northern Power Summit just wrapped up. Uh, and that's what this panel is from. I want to, first of all, thank D.O., a.k.a. Dwayne Gibson and his team for putting together another informative weekend, showcases, performances, networking, and so much more. I've been happy to be participating in the past four years in one way or another. This year, I hosted a panel titled Next Level, featuring Chris Deep Henderson, who's a Grammy Award-winning songwriter and producer. He produced Blame It on the Alcohol, for Jamie Foxx, yeah, I remember that. Along with working with artists like 50 Cent, Trey Songz, and so much more. My other guest is David Clickcox, who has over 25 years experience in the music industry. He started as an artist, and he worked at labels, to now having his own entertainment company, which he manages an eclectic roster. Along with management, David teaches music business at the Remix Project. Our panel discussed everything about hits from defining what is a hit in 2019 and beyond to picking one and listening in one, developing your ear, and so much more. The Northern Power Summit, fourth edition on the Come Up Show podcast. Let's go! Yo, how, how's everybody t- doing today? Uh, I want to thank Dio once again for putting together the Northern Power Summit. This is the fourth year. Each and every year I see new faces here. I've been, you know, attending, and, uh, you know, just yesterday, uh, we were having dinner, and I was just, like, connecting with people. There's who, shout out to BG, right, right over there, right behind you, raise up. He owns a record label. Uh, just the connections that we're making like this, and this is the point of these things, uh, uh, you know, uh, emails were saturated, but face-to-face is immeasurable. It's priceless. Uh, so, my, so my name is Chetto, by the way. I'm the host and co-founder uh, founder of The Come Up Show. I'm um, also music... Yeah. Y'all know The Come Up Show? Uh, I'm also a music programmer, and I'll have my panelists as well to introduce themselves. Hi, I'm Chris Henderson, uh, also known as Deep, uh, as far as production is concerned. I'm a songwriter, music producer, um, been in the game for about 20 years, um, was lucky enough to catch a Grammy on uh, Blame It for Jamie Foxx and T-Pain, um, have worked Yeah, with... remember that song? <laughs> yeah. Let's sing it along. 
Blame it on the a a a alcohol. Let's go. Y'all gonna be singing that later on tonight. Yeah. Um, right. Also, if they haven't started already. If you guys haven't muted R. Kelly, if you got greatest sex R. Kelly, uh, elsewhere R. Kelly, couple things on Trey songs and Drew Hill and going all the way back to like the case days. But, oh, Jacob Lattimore. And um, basically, um, I can speak from the perspective of, you know, having a single, uh, the before math, the aftermath, um, and, you know, the things that kind of to look out for as, you know, once that happens and the things that you do to prep for once that happens and the things that you do to prep for it happening, so, yeah. What's up, um, David Click Cox. Um, been in the game for over 20 years, started on the artist side, went into uh, promotions, worked at record companies for like 10 years, do management now, uh, distribution, teach at music schools, got my hands in a lot of different pots. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so as Dio described a little bit of, it's called Next Level. So we're going to uh, talk a little bit about, uh, a lot about hit singles and what they mean. Uh, let's start with defining a hit single. Like what, what's, what's, what's a, what is a hit single? The market kind of decides what a hit single is. Uh, not your taste, not your judgment. Um, but a hit single generally is something that resonates with a large group of people and is promoted and comes out in a time that is cohesive for everybody receiving that. You know, sometimes it catches wind on a moment, like, uh, you know, a certain television or a movie placement opportunity that just drives it at the right time to give it that right visibility. Um, sometimes it's um, an artist that's different that catches people's attention or somebody who you know and expect greatness from and gonna catch their attention for that next project coming out, so. And I'd, I'd also say, that, you know, hits come in different shapes and sizes. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, every, like I think back in the day, a hit was like, oh, you know, number one, gotta be on the radio everywhere. It's like, right. you can have a hit and it's not even on the radio now. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So. Uh, and hits come differently. Like you could have a hit in Germany, and now nobody even know that it's successful here. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. Like, I mean, Dream Warriors, one of the OGs in this game. Like, they were like huge, super huge in Europe. Even though they were doing their thing in Canada, but they were like they had a hit. Like, you know, a certified thousands and thousands of people coming to see these guys. Yeah, you know? I, I think that's important because so we, we've defined a hit single, but then what are the different uh, tiers or levels of a hit single, right? Because yeah. you could have a hit in Toronto, right. or you can have a hit, regional hit, like... Right. In certified the, hood hit, hit. Certified hood hit. A hood hit? <laughs> yeah, hood hit, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Can we define that? Like, what are the different, like, if you we just had to label them, like, the different categories of a hit or tiers of a hit? I've never actually heard it broken down to a named category, but I think that, you know, there's certain things that live in your heart and that you know with your group, that is definitely the bigger hit than say song B that charted higher and is gonna go statistically listed as their biggest hit. Like, you know, me being old school, I'll go back to Jodeci and I would think, what would you think that uh, their biggest hit was, like in your mind and in your heart? Anybody just come, yell when come I- Come and talk to me was a hit. 
Yeah. That was a big hit for them. Yeah. But I so. think it was also like, it's funny because I think like KG and Casey and JoJo, like yeah, I yeah. almost think they had bigger hits. Right. All than, my life. Than Jodeci. And, you know and what I'm you saying? know, like in my background, I would think that Forever My Lady got the most play with, that was a, with my That folks. was a big record. But, you know, Come and Talk to Me was actually listed as their biggest hit because it kind of took the Forever My Ladies and the stays to set them up so that by the time the Come and Talk to Me came, it's like, boom, they already had all the radio people checking for them so that it can chart higher, be pushed harder, and it goes down as their biggest hit. But it's, you know, it's not the biggest hit that really did all the blocking and got them on there. So there are the breakthrough hits that, because of their underground presence, you know, they don't go on the statistics as being a hit, but you know it's a hit. You know that your, your party is gonna go off when they play it. But it's interesting, like right. back in those days, when you had a song that was like, let's say, you know, definitely making an impact, right. but people wouldn't necessarily call it a hit because it wasn't like at the top. It wasn't showing up right. statistically right. on the data charts. But now, I feel like when you ask that question, there's different forms of hits because you can have an artist who doesn't really have anything going on in any other platform but just YouTube and like millions and millions of hits, like millions right. and millions of streams. Right. And it's opening up doors for them, and they're considered like a hit, right? In in that in that circle. So there's almost different arenas that you can kind of have a hit in. But I think yeah. the goal is to have a hit in all arenas, right? <laughs> to have it spill over from one into the other. But part of the I guess the story of making it spill into the other is the press and the PR that comes with it's a hit right here. You know what I mean? Mm, yeah. So th that's. Yeah, so click what you were saying is you could have a, like a YouTube hit as an example, or it could be a hit just on Spotify, but it's not anywhere else. Like, that's how it's and, and changed. I, and it, I think it's like sometimes it's the, like maybe the business side of somebody who doesn't understand how to take the hype that they have created here and sell it to somewhere else or actually learn how to build their audience to also discover them in another way. It's like, you know, you, you have something popping on YouTube, the next thing you wanna do is make sure they're actually streaming it on their own time, on their phone, or wherever it is on whatever DSP they're listening to. Do you know what I'm saying? So I think that's a, a lot of process, you know? Uh, like, okay, so what's, uh, when, like, you know, obviously there's a lot of artists here. Uh, is there a commonality of what is this a hit, like, or something? Like, I guess maybe say in the early 2000s, 90s, or whatever, you had your song for the radio. Oh, this is my radio single, which sound, there's a certain sound to that of what a radio, a song service to radio would be, right? Uh, if an artist, if artists are going through their music here, like say they have an EP, an album, when they look through their album, is, and, and is there like a commonality or something they should pick as like, okay, this is what I'm gonna, Push hardcore or whatever. I mean, like being a like being an A&R guy. Like, if I didn't have the radio, like if I didn't have a radio song, I didn't have an album. Like back in my time, we actually had to have a hit song for radio. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't there wasn't thinking. Oh, this could be a hit on YouTube. Oh, this could be a hit and not even surface anywhere on radio. Like I had to walk into my VP of, of radio and be like, yo, is this, I think this is a fucking hit, what do you think? And he'd be like, oh, I don't know, right, yeah, right. I think so. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 
This and, is, it, and I think that's what's changed now is like, mm -hmm. you don't have to rely on that. Right, and it's a good thing because it's like radio has also changed from what it was back then too. Uh, and so the diversity of what's played on the radio, subject matter wise, has narrowed and narrowed. So now, yeah, you'll have a radio hit if you're covering a certain subject and it represents what they want your narrative to be, like say as a black artist, Indian artist, or a white artist. Like, you know, they want that to play to the narrative when it's radio hit. And so it's a good thing now that, you know, if you want to be an artist, you're gonna cover a plethora of different subjects that are gonna cover a wider range than what a radio hit is. And so now you have that option to take those metrics and take advantage of them as far as that deep feeling song that you have. There are avenues where that can be the hit and become the hit after it finds its you know, placement avenue. And I, and I think the, the, the way of servicing music now has changed too. Like, right it's not radio first anymore. Like most radio programmers don't even want to be the first one on anymore. Right. They ask, well, what, what are the numbers? How many streams does it have? Like they want to know that there's actually something going on before they take a chance and actually break a record. Like right. the, it's not really they happening. Don't, so it's finding your yeah. market. Especially with new right. artists, new artists. Like I'm, if you're a new artist, like that's, it's pretty much hard as hell to like jump out the box on radio. Right, right. So it is almost serving your art first, letting that audience find you and letting that audience grow from keeping serving your happy customers and let them spread the word. Uh, the radio will follow. How does an artist know when they do have a hit, right? Because as you said, when we were defining a hit in the beginning, the marketplace right. decides, you the artist will say, hey, I'm, this is a hit, I made a hit, this is a hit, now everybody love my, no. The, the people make it a hit. How do you know when it's, a, or at the beginning of a hit? Okay. Like, okay, yo, this, this got something, this can go. This is the thing, you're going to write, you're gonna produce, you're gonna make a lot more hits in your time than will actually end up being considered a hit in the end, you know, because the market determines it. Um, I know that every time, I think officially I've had two hits, you know, two things that have gone Billboard top 10. And- um, Which songs are those? Well, the Happily Ever After song for Case was, um, stayed at number three for like two months on the R&B charts and made it to 15 on the Hot 100. And uh, Blame It ended up being the number one R&B song of that whole year. And it was even like, ended up top five of the decade, so. Uh, you know, that was big, but the thing is that each time that those were happening, there was a song that I had in my hard drive or on my CD that I knew and I felt was a better song. And it's funny because I did get justified in that where that song would get placed also and maybe even got placed faster and first, but then it almost like ended up on an artist in a label that didn't take it the distance and then this, basically this bronze medalist of a song would get to the right place and become a hit. So this is what I'm trying to say that to say is that having a hit in your pocket is like being a strong first runner of a relay race. You know what I'm saying? When you have that hit and you know it's a hit and your friends know it's a hit, it is a hit. 
but then you pass the baton to the next person and hopefully they're running just as fast as you, just, you know. So really what he's saying is at the end of the day, like hits are really determined by the team. Right, that hits are, are determined them. by the team and the timing. And I think like, okay, not to be like, I'll, no, I'll just be, be 100. I don't think like your question, how does an artist know when a hit is? I don't think all artists do know. Yeah. I'm just being blatant. Like I think there's certain artists that don't have ears. They might have great talent, but ain't got fucking ears. Do you know what I'm saying? And I think there's a talent for having an ear for a hit. I really is. I, it's like there's certain artists that know great beats to choose for themselves. Right. And there's certain artists that don't. You know that by listening right. to their fucking music. Right. <laughs> You're yeah. like, what the hell is this guy thinking? Right, you know right. what I mean? But I think like it really comes down to like there's certain, like, I, I've always felt like I have a great ear. I've always been able to kind of hear a record and be like, yo, that's the hit, that's the single. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it becomes like really successful, you know? And I feel like sometimes I kind of rely on really people that I value their opinions in radio and, and yeah. things like that because th that's, they leave and breathe that and they understand like what works there. So I always would go to them and be like, hey, what yeah. do you think? Can this work? Can that not work? Mm -hmm. um, even with DJs, if it's a club record, not even think of radio, I'm going to certain DJs saying, yo, what do you think of this record? Can this happen in the club? I feel like it can, but like, you're there way more than I am. Right. <laughs> you're the one playing the records. Is it really right. gonna work? Right. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So I, I don't think everybody has that ear is what I'm trying to say. Okay, so you're saying even like an artist is creating his, their own music and their own catalog, their own EP, you're saying it takes a skill uh, to hear what, what for them to pick out what the hit and their thing yeah. is. Yeah. Okay. Either, either them or they gotta have somebody around them. Somebody around them picking oh, the hit. So yeah. how did they develop that ear then? Or how did they, how can they get better at Test that? marketing, you know what I mean? It's like, you, you know that when you play your songs for your friends that there's something that they respond to harder. Um, that's why I also encourage don't throw all of your ideas away because sometimes you will edit that hit out of your own life because, ah, this is too simple, oh, it's too contrived. But I think also artistically, even though this is about making the hit, I think, you know, all of us artists in the room, I wanna just say that you're gonna have to serve both masters once you have that hit, because just for your own mental peace of mind and health, it's like that hit, that thing that translates to the masses, you know, once you get into that market, they're like, yeah, do it again. Oh, yeah, yeah, do it again. Yeah, do it again. And, you know, that's what has them going crazy and, you know, messing up in other ways. So, so what are those two masters? Just spell it out. Right. So yeah. artistically and the things that you feel in the music that you like to do, even when you have that hit, never stop doing that. Eventually, maybe that will have its day, but just for your own peace of mind, just to stay sane. Like, one good example I can say is, like, uh, the Neptunes, Pharrell and Chad and NERD. It's like they were giving you hit after hit after hit for the best three year run I've ever seen. But when they came down to it and they wanted to do this NERD thing, they didn't have a bunch of hits on the NERD album. That was their artistic thing of the stuff they wanted to do. But they made sure that the money they made from their hits furnished their patience and their freedom to also do what they want to do. Yeah. And, and I think there is, I mean, maybe, maybe there's a question. It's more like, do you feel like there's formulas that contrive what a hit is? 
Yes and no. It's almost like, um, you know, a hit for the first time breaks through and like has a certain formula of mixing the familiar with the unfamiliar because the unfamiliar is what gets people excited, like this is this new thing. The familiar is what kind of slides it through so that they're not turning the station immediately the first time they hear it. And, you know, but once you get that hit, it's like you're gonna try to follow that formula again, yes. and you don't always know what that formula is. Like, just speaking from my experience, like when it was the whole force of do it again, do it again. It's like, I'm over here overthinking on, okay, what was the reason why that song hit? So it's like, I'm going back to the chord sources. Okay, I'm going back and using the same drum sounds. Okay, I'm going back and keeping that tempo. And yeah, it's, it's, well, it's well, hard. It's, yeah, because you don't always know. But I would say that's a kind of a reason why there's a lot of music right now that sounds the same. Right. Artists, you right. can't even you know, right. differentiate. And uh, they're riding a wave, right? Right. There's that one song that breaks through, and then the rest of an army of wave riders until people get so sick of it. Then it takes that other thing to. But yeah. there'll always be something else that rises to the top and cuts in, and that's right. what changes yeah. the game. You know so what I, mean? I think it's important to talk about this what we're talking about right now because there is uh, obviously a lot of artists out there and. There's, yeah, there's, there's a wave happening right now. It's, I think it's this wave, I don't know how long it's been going, five, 10 years of everybody is like, especially when, uh, if you have your, say, Spotify on shuffle, you don't even know if you're listening to the same artist or, right. or, or not. Right. Right? And some of these, I think, and I think why some of these artists are following that same sound is because they're getting success. Right. Because they're following the same sound that the ear is attuned to. But it's also, the algorithms work really well for people's taste. It's about taste too. It's like the reason why you get everything that comes like that is because they're taking a circle of all these people that all like the same type of shit and all listen to the same thing. It ends up being its own genre. Like there's different genres of hip hop. You can listen to all different types of shit. You could like some shit that's some boom bap and you could go into a whole world of all new shit that's like that. You could like some shit that's more mainstream and you could find it all that because it's served to us like that. You know what I'm saying? Okay, so say you put up a song on YouTube and it's like, I don't know, you know, it's gaining numbers and numbers and numbers. Uh, do you guys know, like, is there any strategies of like what people should do or artists should do at that point to like, you know, put a little bit more gasoline on the fire or like getting in to go to higher and higher? Or no? I, I believe in like, like, I really believe that we're in a state of like, you know, the days of like just putting something and all of a sudden it taking off. Yeah. Th there is some of that engine, but you, you have to put more fuel on the fire. And sometimes that fuel is money. Mm -hmm. And you invest in yourself because the money will come back. So if you feel like you have a record that really is proving itself, then spend some more money, maybe advertising to push the record in different audiences because you already have a track record of it already doing well in this audience. Right. Do you know what I'm saying? It's like. Okay, and then you have the ammo to back it up because all of a sudden a new yeah. follower lands on the page. Oh shit, right. this shit has right. like a million right. views. Why don't I know right. about this? You but know what I'm saying? But besides just putting money into it because you know, we don't always have that, sure. it's like um, I think developing content that supports that piece of content that blew up. You know what I'm saying? So if you have a song with a cute video that, blown, that has blown up, then 
make another video besides the other music that you do, but make another video that goes into the making of the song. Go into another video that goes into maybe the making of the video. Go into your reaction videos of, you know, what has happened since the song has gotten a million views and thank those followers. Um, do posts on other platforms that draw attention to, hey, this blew up on YouTube and oh, I'm having this great day now. Oh, I just got my first. Well, you don't want to always want to put your business out there on what the check has amounted to, but there's a lot of side content. Invite other people to cover that song and then kind of post those other people covering the song because it all still feeds the same copyright of your song. So you can't really get mad at people covering your stuff. Yeah, the great thing is when you know you have something that's working because you actually can see it, then you know that you like it's worth the time to create right. all this content. And right. it's not just about creating content, it's also like feeding other avenues. So for example, you have a successful song that is, is doing something, maybe you need to go and make sure you start plugging this into every music supervisor on the face of the earth because right. now you can get into some movies and TV commercials, you never know. Now and do you know how to that's plug more into, money. Yeah. Like, any advice on plugging it to every music supervisor on earth? Like I think the there's different ways about doing it. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I, there's, there's third parties that actually offer those services, mm -hmm. you know? Um, I find that it's kind of like anything. It's like you try to find somebody to plug you in, either they do it or they're not. For yeah. me, I've always been the guy kind of be um, proactive yeah. and doing it myself at the exact same time yeah, I'm hiring click. somebody else. Yes. But, but um, you know, going to sync summits, those are great places to meet people. Mm -hmm. I've been to Sync Summits in LA, New York, LA, uh, uh, Toronto. That's They're great S places just to meet like supervisors and yeah. build a rapport with them. You know what I mean? That's S Y N C Summit that yeah. he just plugged. Sync Summit. Yeah, and and it's just you know it's building rapport with people. It's building relationships and networking. You know, and I think beyond even just the Sync stuff, it's like you know. Once you have a something that's proven itself, it's also looking at shows and plugging it into like different promoters and showing it because all those little things you do that will take off become content. Right. <laughs> you yeah. Know what I mean? So when you are re getting ready to release a single for one of your artists, what's that look like? What's the marketing plan for that look like nowadays? <laughs> I like I said, I believe I'm being on all avenues. I don't put all my focus into one place. I like to try, like, except for maybe radio, I don't really, that is a very expensive money game, so I like to prove something before even thinking about that, but I'll start plugging in music to supervisors before the song's even out, because there might be opportunities that help me launch that song, you know? Um, uh, getting a publicist on board, creating content, videos, all different type of things to help drive that actual piece of, of work, and if it takes off, like that's the thing, like you never know what is going to be that thing that takes off. I won't sit there and say, oh yeah, let's do this music we don't put up on YouTube and now the thing's gonna take off. You, that's, that's that, like unless you already have an engine, you know, if you have an engine that's already built that has an audience that's sitting there watching, it's different. Mm -hmm. So if you can actually create the engine that's already at your doorstep that is just sitting there waiting for stuff to come down the pipeline, it's a lot easier, you know. What an I mean? engine? What are you talking? Like a label? Or uh, if like you have, let's say, a YouTube channel. Okay. Let's say you have different, like you have different things like yeah. that. Be a YouTube channel, or you have a radio show, or you have a podcast, or you whatever thing that's working for you 
that ends up bringing more people to hear what you are actually releasing. Because mm. if you don't have that pocket, it's gonna be a long time to get to that. Some tools that you guys might be find useful, uh, there's a service called MailChimp. So anytime that you have a YouTube channel that you get a Banzoogle page, what you wanna do is that you want to start building your email list because once you do have a lot of attention, you want to retain. You want, you want to be able to find that audience that has already liked your stuff so that you can serve them again. And you know, a lot of us, you know, when we think, when we, we've blown up on Instagram or YouTube or even back in MySpace, MySpace is the lesson that sometimes these platforms disappear and all this uh, attention that you were able to draw to yourself, now that's gone and you don't know how to recapture those people. But if you're building your email list while this is happening, you are able to recapture your people. You it's, know what I'm it's, and, and if, it's already happening on Instagram. If, right. has, has anybody noticed they're not getting as much likes or views on Instagram? Right. right? Right. And that happened with your Facebook fan page a couple of years ago. Yeah, find right? some click funnels to get those that email list from people. And then, like, there are a couple services that even allow you to kind of give them updates directly while you're on that platform that, you, that you're serving. Um, if you're a producer a good, and a songwriter, a good uh, thing to use that'll just start ideas and keep ideas bubbling instead of always digging through the crates real hard, is uh, Splice, you know, that has a lot of song starts and beat starts, and sometimes I have trouble with hi-hats, it has a lot of hi-hat patterns, you know, things to just kinda put time away from the creation so that you can kind of go on to the next thing and the next part of the process. Another good book that has a lot of resources listed on everything from touring to what the new team is, is this book by, and I think, I hope I get the title right, but I'll t say the author so that you can get it too. All You Need to Know About the New Music Business by Ari Hurston. Yeah, A-R-I, her stand. Yeah, nice he, yeah. Even follow him on Instagram, follow his blogs. He's an artist too, but he's very, like he's really, his stuff is really like down to earth. Not like there's some other music books are just like really legal jargon. Right. <laughs> you know, but there's a lot of tools to you guys like Facebook targeting, like even if you're not popping on Instagram or popping on YouTube, Facebook allows you to, you know, for better and for worse, uh, check out people. Like if you find artists that you would compare your style to, or even the artists that are just your favorite artists that influenced the way that you do music or the mindset that you do music from, you know, you can target fans of those particular things in Facebook and send targeted posts and ads to them. And, you know, whatever the platform you're blowing up in, that's what you're promoting on those platforms. Like, I, so if you're blowing up on YouTube, put out a word on IG and Facebook that, hey, come to YouTube. You know? I, I also like to say it's not always like as easy as like, well, what is the tool that you're using? A lot of it just comes down to like being creative and coming up with a strategy plan. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, figuring out what is the song about, who's the audience, who's the demo, who's the target, what can we create that's gonna add us, actually get us in front of these people. You know what I mean? So not everything's gonna work the same way. Like, you know, one of my artists, I, you know, we did a meme campaign and, you know, I wouldn't do a meme campaign necessarily for one of my other artists, but for this particular song, 
it fit and it opened up the doors to millions of people and that's what really helped make that song move forward. And so that's what I'm saying. You have to be creative and think outside the box of like what is the thing that's actually going to get the song in front of people. Yeah. Well, think like everybody here is a consumer. Think like a consumer. You, I'm assuming everybody here, if you're an artist or you make music, you're a fan of music. And if you're a music fan, what gets your attention? What do you click on? What do you like? And try to like do the same thing for what get your, gets your attention, right? Who doesn't love memes or laugh at memes? Oh, do a meme campaign. Who doesn't, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people here have watched reaction videos, right? Where you'll watch that reaction video because that person is funny but you've never heard the song before, then maybe you're like, oh, what is that song, right? Then, so why don't you pay that person, hey, I'll give you a few hundred dollars, can you do a reaction to my song? Make fun of me, whatever, because that's how people, all the time when I watch these reaction videos, they're like, I've never heard this song before. Sometimes it could be a major song. Drake released something. People will watch their reaction video before they watch the actual video because it's funnier. It's more appealing. So try to apply that type of stuff. Uh, we're running out of time. One thing just that I won't take too yeah. much time, but the other thing I would say about the mail, like gathering emails and databases are key. Um, there is another, what I found with like some of these email newsletters like the eye, eye contact, MailChimp, a lot of them start to end up in spam boxes. There's a new service called um, Mail Merge. I don't know if anybody heard of that, but definitely look into it. It's like, I'm right, I'm right it, it connects right with your Google uh -huh. and it literally works within like a Google Sheets. So it actually pulls up right away, like if somebody looked at that email or not. Now, does it say and mail it, nerd? Merge. 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 Like merge. you're merging. Merge. Yeah, That's yeah. And I found it to be way more um, effective for me than using like MailChimp and those things. Yeah. Just because I feel like some of those end up in the spam. And I feel like the, the because it's all connected to Gmail, yeah. it kind of jumps over that thing. It doesn't even come up in the mailbox like a spam thing. Yeah, and make sure that's M-A-I-L, merge. I don't merge. know what'll happen if you say mail merge, or you probably, it's gonna <laughs> probably be some whole different stuff. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Okay, so we were talking about obviously some uh, tools and tactics that are relevant for us now in 2019, 2020, but since you're OGs, like what are the timeless things you could tell people that are always going to be relevant, right? Like, what are make the- Make good music. <laughs> yes, good music. Make good music. Make good music, yeah. Right. What are, in good. terms of gaining success or making relationships, yeah. those are just some of the things that- Okay, good music will always have its day. Don't get it twisted. You know what I'm saying? Even if that day isn't today, you know, if you make great music, it can live evergreen and find its day somewhere. So don't stop doing that if it's in your capacity. Um, if it's in your capacity. <laughs> and if, if you can yeah. do it, if you can make good music, <laughs> right. try to do it. But yeah, no, I mean, some people can work the hell out of that one trick pony, you know what I'm saying? And it's not necessarily quality, it's something else. It's like making people laugh. And I'm saying that embrace what your gift is and do it again. Do it again. But um, I think that another thing that I wanted to say is that what's good about when you create your music is that the distribution channels through which you create it are getting better and better as far as what company you're using, like whether it's STEM or DistroKid or TuneCore. It's like I think DistroKid has this thing where now you can collect emails of the people who start following you on Spotify. 
Um, and another thing with that is that, okay, so let's say that you do need this graphic artist to give you great content, or like you were talking about people to promote and do these funny sites, and that's not in your capacity. What you to, can do when you find these people is that if you don't have the money to pay them straight up, is that a lot of these distribution sites, if you can find a system to where you guys are splitting the digital profit of that piece of material, then that's another good way to acquire the team members that you need for this single, for that single. You know what I'm saying? Maybe some of your content creators or some of your graphic friends can get like a little 5% cut and they'll be just that guy who's always able to do a graphic representation to that content that you put up on YouTube or Instagram. So that's one idea. I forgot the question, I'm sorry. Um, You're giving us some tons of jewels, man, I appreciate I, I'd it. I'd say just be open-minded and, and don't, you know, I feel like there's, there's so many opportunities out there and so many different lanes to be in, but I think sometimes we're so easy just to be caught in a box that we are comfortable in. And um, I, it's something I'm always trying to remind myself, you know? Be open-minded. Yeah. You, you never know where things might come from. And open-minded means from like the people that you meet, to the places that you gotta go, to like the, the decisions you decide to make. You, you, you gotta be kind of like open-minded to everything that's in front of you. Because they're serving the market as you see it existing, but there's also marketing what you do and finding the people who already specifically respond to that. Because yeah. everything does have its day. And be a visionary. Be a visionary because like this, the, the, I'd say this industry is changing faster than it's ever fact changed before. Like tomorrow we all could discover something brand new and it changes the whole faith, like the whole place of the industry. Do you know what I'm saying? Like. If you can be that person that sees those things before they even happen, you can tap into it and, and actually discover and, and, and navigate before the next person so you have a leg up on those things. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, that's just be a visionary in everything you can try to do, you know? So, and we'll end it on that note. Thank you guys for your attention. Appreciate it. As I said in the beginning of this podcast, we're going to stay on the once a month uh, schedule as we're working a lot of things behind the scenes, yo. I'm excited. Stay tuned. It'll be worth it. For now, yo, if you're not following us on Instagram at The Come Up Show, please do so right now. We're giving away a lot of tickets, concert tickets to a lot of A-list premiere shows. It's your boy Chetto. Catch y'all next month. Peace. Peace.